Hi, you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Sally Kurtz Schiff. Sally is the Vice President of Internal Communications at Hilton. And today we talk about how Hilton puts team members at the center of the channel communication strategy, lessons that communicators in the hospitality industry learned through COVID, and how Sally equates messaging strategy to that of a chef cooking dinner. In our conversation, you'll also hear Sally talk about creating content for internal use that mirrors familiar consumer marketing tactics, like pulling quotes and sharing them with beautiful and engaging images. One of the really unique aspects of creating podcasts for team member engagement is that your colleagues and employees love podcasts. It's a messaging behavior that you can replicate elegantly and easily, and one that is already popular with the target audience. Let's zoom in for a minute on podcasting as an industry and some of the lessons that we've learned over the last year or so. When we think back to the outset of COVID, there was tremendous consternation within podcasting circles about COVID's impact on the industry. Without commutation, would people still listen? And once you lose a subscriber, even if it's at no fault of your own, it's really hard to get them back. But instead of losing momentum, podcast adoption accelerated during COVID, but with some nuances in the behavior. Peak podcast listening is during working hours. The share of listening on the browser increased during COVID. Both of these data points are signals that people are listening to audio while they work. It's not a super sophisticated pitch, but if your employees are listening to audio content while they work, why not invite them to listen to your company's content as well? But what people listened to ebbed and flowed. During the first part of the pandemic, we saw a spike in health content. People were thirsting for information about COVID. But after a few months, people needed a break, and we saw sports and comedy content regain its foothold as part of the content mix. Heading into the fall, it was all about the presidential election and everything surrounding that. News publishers and talking head content saw spikes in engagement. I share this because there's an important lesson here for brands that are thinking about creating content. You need to plan for your podcast. The content should have a through line. But your podcast shouldn't be about what you need to communicate. To use Sally's language, put your team members at the center of the channel strategy. What are they feeling? Can you create leadership content that addresses what they're experiencing in that given week? If you have questions about how audio can play a role in your employee engagement strategies, please email me at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the brilliant Sally Kurt Schiff. Hi, Sally. Hi. Sally Kurt Schiff is a vice president of global team member communications at Hilton. Prior to Hilton, Sally was an SVP at Weber Shanwick and a group manager of global affairs at Target, where she worked on the company's corporate social responsibility initiatives. Sally has an undergraduate degree from Indiana University and a master's in business administration from GW in Washington, D.C. Sally, thanks again for being with me. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. So Hilton is this incredible, global, iconic company. Can you define what internal communications means at a company like Hilton? It's a multinational. There's 18 brands, if I'm not mistaken. What does a week in a life look like for you? Well, let me start by saying um, it's awesome to be having this conversation. And I'll tell you a little bit about Hilton because it will sort of set the stage for what internal communications looks like for us. Um, I've had the privilege of looking after team member comms for just under three years. Uh, we are, as you said, a global hospitality company with a portfolio of 18 brands, which is uh, consistent of 6,400 hotels across 119 countries and territories. 
So there are more than 400,000 individuals around the world who are looking after our guests and have been doing so for over a century. We're um, almost 102 years old as a company. So we have a pretty rich history that's rooted in our founder's vision, Conrad Hilton, and his vision was to fill the earth with the light and warmth of hospitality. And I give you that backdrop because that's really what we're focused on every day is reaching those team members all around the world and helping them do their jobs and helping them stay connected to who we are and what we do so that they can deliver the best possible experience for our guests. 400,000 people is like a mind boggling number of human beings. Yeah. How how people engage with your messaging, I imagine differs on a per person basis because people are people, but you have, you know, international considerations, you have language considerations. How do you navigate that as you think about this piece of messaging that needs to go to all 400,000 people? It's a great question. So we think about communications on the team in two ways. What do team members need to know and what do they want to know? So when we're talking about need to know communications, that's down to the operations of the business. How do we engage around a particular program that needs to be rolled out? Um, How do we make uh, an informed piece of communication resonate for team members that's going to impact their benefits or um, something to do um, with their job specifically? And then there's the content that's you know, the storytelling and the sharing of big wins and accolades. Just last week, we were named um, uh, number three on Fortune's 100 Best Companies to Work For in the U.S. We love to celebrate those moments because they're such a reflection of um, how hard the team is working. But regardless of whether we're talking about operational communications or the more um, culture-based communications, what's important as a global company is that we keep the messaging really simple so that it's easily translatable. We have team members speaking different languages all around the world, and uh, we wanna make sure that the message resonates. And visuals become really important too in making sure that team members see themselves in the messaging, see themselves in the visuals, um, and that we're using all of the sort of tools in our toolkit um, to make sure that the message really resonates with them and inspires them every single day because they're on the, the front lines of this business. When I think about social media collateral, that's like content marketing. I think about the the visuals with like the big, you know, easy to read message and maybe it's a statistic or some sort right. of customer quote. Do you think about that? It sounds like you're doing a little bit of that internally. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, internal is external and external is internal these days. And I come from an external background, actually, and that has served me really well in this role. Um, because we know that our team members are consuming content as consumers as well. So they're looking at our social media, they're following our executives on LinkedIn and Facebook and so forth. And so we work really closely with our social media partners and benefit from their expertise and the beautiful designs that they create. And then we do, we, you know, we apply a lot of that thinking internally, a lot of content cards, a lot of pull quotes. Um, What's great about being in this business is We've got a lot of good content to work with, beautiful hotels, beautiful settings, you know, really anywhere in the world, you're going to find a Hilton property. Uh, and so we have the opportunity to highlight those things. Uh, and that's a lot of fun, frankly. So you have this like macro level messaging, mm-hmm. but the brands have different feels within them, right? And there's yes. business travel, there's luxury, there's a beach resort. Right. Is it is it the same messaging that gets funneled across or do you find yourself sort of cutting it up so that it's appropriate to who the end stakeholder is within the 400,000 global employee base? 
Yeah, I think like any good communicator, we are constantly focused on audience and we sort of obsess about making sure that the content is relevant to the audience that we're trying to reach. And we're often talking as a team about what do we want people to do, feel or say, and the comms have to reflect that. And that's going to be different depending on where you sit. If you're a team member working at a Waldorf Astoria, the message might be disseminated differently than if you're a team member working at an embassy suites or Hilton Garden Inn. Um, similarly, if you're a team member at a hotel in Asia Pacific, you know, it might be different than if you're a team member working in my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. So we think about region, we think about brand, we think about um, role. Our messaging to our general managers looks different than messaging to some of our corporate team members and so forth and so on. So we do a lot of segmentation, a lot of targeting, uh, and we've evolved a lot of our content distribution channels so that we can do that kind of segmentation so that we have more relevant content going to the right team member at the right time. Can you share some best practices around the channel strategies that you use internally? I imagine it's a lot of email, but are there specific intranets or you know many social platforms that have been built to support this work? Yeah, well, I'm sure many of your guests have not said what I'm about to say, which is that we could geek out on intranets for like a whole episode. But I think that your your listeners might start to slowly uh, sign off. So we won't do that. We could do that another time. The strategy that we have put forward for the team and for the company is really about putting the team member back at the center of the channel ecosystem. And what I mean by that is making sure that all that we're doing around distribution of content is intended to reach the team member where they are in the way that they want to be reached with a message that's relevant to them. And so a huge part of that initiative for us has been about um, simplifying the ecosystem. I have a you know, sort of straightforward framework about inform, activate, engage. And our ecosystem follows that model. So we have a dedicated sort of channel infrastructure focused on where you go to get like business operational news you can use, priority news of the week. That's inform. We need to inform team members on what the most important things are that they're you know, responsible for knowing in a given week. Activate are the channels where they can do the planning, do the um, sort of action-oriented tasks that are going to allow them to deliver on those things. And then engage is where the best practice sharing happens and the storytelling and, um, you know, the recognition and all those great elements. But there's a distinct location for those things and they all work together. So the team member doesn't necessarily know that they're bouncing from place to place, but we know and we can organize our content better that way. I think a couple other things I would mention, you know, all of this is in an effort to reduce a lot of the digital clutter that's out there. I think a lot of, a lot of times communicators get sort of stuck in this swirl of in order to get the message out, we just need more, more comms, more comms, more comms. Um, and recently I was talking about this uh, because I'm a big fan of food and was watching a chef show. And I think about it kind of like what you hear a lot of chefs say, which is you got to use restraint. You got to use fewer ingredients. And so we're kind of trying to do that right now and sort of simplify the amount of messaging so that the main ingredient really shines through. Guacamole. <laughs> it's all about the avocado. I'm, I'm projecting. <laughs> <laughs> Within this content mix, we spoke a little bit about the imagery, pull quotes. I imagine you're creating some video 
Mm-hmm. What What's an example of something that's maybe been successful in video? Um, so we work cross-functionally, I should say, because any of the examples that I'm going to point to are going to be the result of work that has happened from across the organization, across the communications team. Um, I think the videos that are the most successful for us are the ones where our team members can shine and where their stories really, really come through. Um, we haven't done as much content in the last year, just given the sort of what our business has been through and the focus of our communications. Um, but what my mind goes to immediately are some of the storytelling around programs, like an initiative we have called CEO Light and Warmth, which uh, is an award uh, recognition program. It's bestowed upon a small number of team members who have like really, really demonstrated the absolute sort of utmost performance relative to our founder's vision. Um, and our CEO bestows these awards on um, just a few small a small number of team members every year. And those, what makes that content really great is that it's just a reiteration of what our team members are doing around the world every day. So it's a lot of sort of little vignettes of team members from different brands, different regions, in different roles, telling their story, but in a way that is sort of unified across the business. Um, I was talking to someone about this today, actually, but the thing about storytelling for Hilton that I think is unique or at least special to this industry is that hospitality is not just the business that we're in. It's the type of people that we are, especially at the hotel level. Our team members are, um, they, they, they live and breathe hospitality. It's, it's a function of the way that they behave and it's really beautiful. And so they really share in those storytelling moments, um, and you can just kind of feel that energy. So we do a lot of that, a lot of celebrating the team member. Uh, and I, the, I would say, um, at the risk of being long-winded, what makes the content resonate most is when it's, again, simple about the individual and not overly polished. I mean, we do have beautiful, you know, external facing, gorgeous marketing content, but for internal it doesn't need to go that path. We can be a little bit more grassroots about it. And so a lot of our channel strategy has also been to make sure that it's two-way, that team members have the opportunity to film their own content and share their own content. And sometimes that's more meaningful than when it comes out of the enterprise. Yeah, I love this. And I think this is such an important lesson because for internal comms in particular, like we want to see our colleagues as human beings, not as sizzle reels. Right, exactly. And so yeah, that's, I, totally I think agree. that's that's a really compelling thing. Right, anything in audio, like internal company podcasts or anything like that? We're starting to play around with podcasts. We're going to have to come around uh, to you to get some tips on that. But um, we've done some interesting sort of virtual panel discussions that can also serve in a podcast type of forum uh, that have served us really well. I think, I mean, I'll just say generally the for our corporate workforce, especially the last year has I think forced a lot of companies to get more creative in the ways that we communicate. And so we've gotten, I think, a little bit more nimble in that sense and um, have been playing around with a lot of different virtual tools uh, from town halls to panel discussions to audio only and so forth. And that's worked out really well. And I hope that we'll continue to do those things even when there's, you know, even when we get back to hybrid or physical, fully physical environments. This is just an observation, but I think the mix between synchronous and asynchronous content consumption is going to be a very tricky balance. It's going to be on a company by company basis. But if you're a multinational and you have people spread across the world, across all these different time zones, 
sometimes the all hands to town hall works and sometimes it's a huge inconvenience. So what is available to those team members across the world where they can just sort of consume this in a portable asynchronous way? It's a big question to solve for, I think. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that actually, especially because for you know the, the bulk of our team member population is in our property or on, you know, in our hotels. And so, you know, for the corporate workforce, it's a little different to make time for a town hall and sort of figure out how you get it right timing wise and get everyone huddled around, um, you know, the right screen at the right time. But our hotel team members are on the go. And our goal is to make sure that they have a maximum amount of time to support the needs of our guests. And so we think about that often because we do need to be able to convert some of these, you know, larger efforts, you know, longer programs into really snackable, um, easy to digest sound bites that they can, you know, get on the go. A lot of that has to do with how we produce the content, but it also has to do with how we distribute the content. So more mobile platforms, more platforms that allow for user-generated content, engagement, and so forth. Uh, I'll get you out on this. You, you mentioned this very briefly just a moment ago that the last year has sort of forced you to lean into different types of communication strategies. We're reopening a lot of properties and return to work and things like that. Around COVID protocols and procedures, like what did the process look like internally? How does it continue to evolve now that things are starting to return to normal, whatever that might mean? Who do you partner with internally to get this critical information out? Yeah, I'll, I'll take you back to a little over a year ago and what that was like for us. And, um, you know, we had been hearing like much of the world about the coronavirus from colleagues in Asia Pacific. And I don't think anybody at that time had any way of knowing how deep the impact would be on society. And in our case, on our business, it's interesting to think about sort of that February, March, April timing for us, we were riding the absolute highest of highs. We had just come off of our 100th anniversary in 2019. In February of last year, we were named the very top of that Fortune 100 best companies to work for list for the second year in a row. We were having a great year. And then two weeks later, we were writing some of the most heart-wrenching communications that I have ever been in a position to, to write in my entire career. Uh, and with that, you know, sort of went into furloughs and other things. So I think that we could not, would not have done that work in the manner in which we did it without intense partnership with our human resources partners who I work with uh, regularly. And I think, you know, across communications, uh, when you're in the bunker on tough initiatives like that, you learn a lot about the importance of partnerships and pre-existing partnerships to navigate through. So between all of comms, all of HR, our leadership, there was a lot of really close work together to make sure that you, you know, that we did it absolutely right in terms of the ways in which we communicated with our team members. We were navigating a lot of different things during that time, including for our corporate workforce, the transition to work from home. Uh, and I think we learned a lot of lessons about what was successful and what wasn't successful. And we were nimble and we made changes on the fly. For us, what was really important was consistency for team members that were navigating the crisis, for team members that were navigating um, you know, new experiences as a result of the crisis. We wanted to make sure that there was some predictability in something because the world was in such you know, disarray for a period of time, I think, and we're all sort of still recovering from that. But we communicated regularly from our leadership 
with a very clear set of priorities that we were focused on. And that made all the difference, I think. There are several other lessons learned, but I think those were the most important. The other was just to be really mindful about how to leverage technology to our advantage on property and with our corporate population comes back to those distribution channels again, making sure that we had activated a mobile application where team members could easily access information so that they had a place to go to know what was going on. Sally Kurtzschiff, thank you so much for being with me today. (laughs) It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sally, thank you again for your incredible wisdom today. If you like today's conversation, you're going to love the next one with Billy Hackinson. Billy is the director of people at Gong. Thanks for listening. And until next time with Billy Hackinson.